basketball fans anywhere everywhere appreciate you guys for joining me once again for what i believe now is episode 77 of tate's take as you know we like to call it the best the most entertaining the most informational and the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast so uh, don't save it for the local barbershops don't save it for the local sports bars is what we like to um is what we like to call it um if you haven't done so already, be sure to go and subscribe anywhere you find your favorite podcast, uh, as well as we are streaming live on uh, on Facebook, as well as on YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, the whole nine, any and everywhere. And be sure also to follow along on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, where basketball lives per usual and as you guys know i like to tease a little bit on social media and everything else leading up to that we do have another guest on today and today we are uh blessed with the opportunity to uh be welcomed by none other than there he is brad Rowland, podcast host of locked on hawks follow him on twitter at BT Roland, that is at B T R O W L A N D. Brad, thanks for joining me today, man. Really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, and um, uh, just appreciate you for uh, for joining us. Yeah, no problem at all. It's my pleasure. Happy to do it, man. Let's talk some hoops. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, you know, me, me and me and Brad have been kind of covering these Hawks team, this Hawks team for uh, at least as, as long as I can remember. I think he's been covering it probably a little bit longer than I have and just kind of wanted to go over a couple of things. And obviously with yesterday's win, I kind of want to start there with the win over the Chicago Bulls that uh, I guess now technically clinched uh, the uh, at least a playoff spot, whether that be for uh, seven, eight, nine or 10 or better, which is where they currently are. Uh, what did you see in just yesterday's game in the win over Chicago? Uh, maybe, you know, some things that you didn't see in the previous three games that they ended up losing now on at least one game winning streak. Uh, just some of your different takeaways that, that you had the uh, opportunity to see during yesterday's win. Yeah, it was really, it was good to have most guys healthy and back. That's the biggest thing about this Hawks team this season. Honestly, it's been impressive that they've been able to win as much as they have with all the injuries they've had. And, part of that three game losing streak was kind of being without some guys, uh, you know, you're on the road. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to win on the road in general. And two of those games were against Philly and Philly's really good, especially at home. So no shame in losing three in a row because of circumstances, but you come home and it, they didn't play great in the first half, honestly, on Saturday night, they, they, they did not play their a game by any means in, in that game. But part of the NBA and the Hawks have done this well this year is winning when you don't have your fastball, when, when you're not playing as well as you possibly can. So, Defensively, they they sort of tighten things up after halftime, and Clay Capella was great after halftime. Trey Young was great the entire night. It was great to have Trey back these last two games at seemingly full strength. You know, you, if you didn't know he was injured before that, you wouldn't know. He looks he looks fantastic. So it's kind of a combination of like just taking care of business more than anything, beating a team that, that was shorthanded, and that's a game they needed to win after losing three in a row in the standings. You kind of have to come out and beat a team at home that you're supposed to beat, and they did that. So. A pretty nice night overall, even if they didn't play fantastically. Yeah, I talked to uh, Clint Capella in the post-game presser, and uh, as he mentioned, you know, there was uh, some guys that were definitely very vocal in the locker room at the half and talking about how much they needed to really change their play from the first half to the second half and then asking him 
you know, who were some of those players that were the most vocal and who has those players been all season? And one of the ones that he mentioned was certainly um, uh, Solomon Hill. Uh, does any of that surprise you at all <laughs> or, uh, or or outside of Solomon, just from your, you know, uh, from to, to your knowledge, from what you've seen in terms of guys being vocal in locker rooms and so forth, even though we haven't had a ton of that this year, obviously, uh, how much of that surprises you and or in the event that it's not a Solomon Hill, who do you expect to be that other guy to assist him in uh, trying to help turn things around in the event that they have a similar situation again? Yeah, that, that definitely is not a surprise. Uh, you know, the Hawks have been pretty open since the, since the training camp. I'm sure you remember this, like since the beginning of the season, talking about how vocal Solomon Hill is and how much of a leader he is. And I know some fans don't always love when Solomon Hill plays a lot of minutes and all that stuff, but they love him. I mean, the, the Hawks love Solomon Hill. He's not a star. No one thinks he's a star, but he's he's a leader. He's been he's been through all these stuff. He's been in the playoffs. He's a loud guy. He's a vocal leader. He's a guy who just has been there, and they all seem to trust him and um, have that leadership quality. Obviously, you, you would like to have a guy like that that's like more of a big factor on the floor than he is, and I think everyone knows the deal. Like He's played a ton this year, a lot more than he was supposed to play. He's been pretty valuable, actually, because he's been out there every night. He's been healthy filling in, playing defense, doing a little stuff. Um, and they do have some more vocal guys on this team. You know, Clint's having Clint Capella, who you just referenced, like having him around has been big. He's not a huge vocal leader, but a guy who's been there before and is respected and is a vet. But Donovich and Gallinari have been around. They've been through big games. Gallinari especially is an older guy. Um, and then you get into like your young guys. I mean, even Trey Young has taken on a bigger role in terms of leadership and being more vocal. So they have enough. They don't have that like number one, you know, alpha leader that you sometimes you might that you might want. But between having having the old head like Solomon Hill and then everybody else kind of pulling their weight, plus a veteran coach as well, Nate McMillan is obviously well-respected. and He'll, he'll weigh the law down as well. They've, they've been saying that the last couple of weeks, especially. I know Donovich mentioned that McMillan's come in and kind of lift them up before games or halftime. He's, he's not shy either. So they, they kind of have plenty of that right now, I think. I'm glad that you said that because um... – you know, I, I, a couple of those names that were mentioned, I had one guy tell me, like, really, Solomon Hill in the starting lineup or really <laughs> Solomon Hill getting all these minutes? And I'm like, dude, that, that's one side of it. But, like, I'm not sure I want to know who this team is without the vocal leadership of a Solomon Hill. I'm not sure I want to know who this team is without a Clint Capella. Uh, and, and that even kind of sparks my brain or interest even into thinking like you don't really have a lot of guys on this roster, per se, uh, that have that, that are logging like a ton of minutes, if you will, uh, that uh, have playoff experience already. So what kind of things and I'm not trying to get you to be in the mind of Clint Capella. Actually, I kind of am. If you are Clint Capella and you have that experience in the playoffs, what kind of things would Brad Rowland in the shoes of Clint Capella be telling these guys as they kind of get prepared uh, for, for, for the playoffs? And not even just that, but also finishing these last seven games really strong. Yeah, I think it's it's really valuable to have guys who've been there before, which is not breaking any new ground. I think everybody kind of realizes that, but it's just a different level in the playoffs. And everyone says that, and then guys always say, without fail, I know you've heard it too, it's you can hear it, and until you're there, until you're playing in the playoffs, you don't really feel it. Like everything is different. There's game, you know, everything's being game planned at the highest level every night. You know, NBA regular season, these guys are playing hard, they're playing well, but there's not the kind of detailed game planning that you see in the playoffs. Like guys will know your tendencies in a way that they're not usually going to know their tendencies. And by game two, game three, game four, mm -hmm. 
no secrets anymore. Everybody, everybody knows the plays. You might have a little wrinkle or two, but that kind of stuff is really important that, I mean, at a certain level, Clint can tell them or, or Hill can tell them and they kind of need, need to see them for themselves. But you're hoping that young guys are listening to Nate McMillan mm-hmm. and Clint Capella and Solomon Hill, even Trey Young. Like, Trey Young's a star. He's the best player on the team. He's the centerpiece of the team. He's not played in the playoffs. So he, until he gets there, or sure. same thing with Kevin Herter or John Collins or whoever you want to say, you got to kind of listen a little bit. And there's no substitute for playing there. But I would just say keep your ear open to these guys who've been there before because they have seen it. Maybe not the same role. Like Solomon Hill is more going to be in a supporting role, but Capella has been on the court for 30 minutes in the Western Conference Finals. That guy's played a lot of minutes at the highest level. So sure. just keeping an ear to the ground is big, I think, for me. Let me throw this one thing out here. I call it Wings Clip because I feel like that's all it's been for the Atlanta Hawks all season long. Whether you have a Clint, I'm sorry, whether you, you know, have a Trey Young and don't have a Collins, or you got a Collins, you don't have a Trey Young. And then, you know, the DeAndre, uh, the DeAndre Hunter was coming on looking really good at the beginning of the year. And then he got hurt and Cam Reddish. I feel like we haven't seen him in forever. And then now, most recently, even though he just came back. Uh, Kevin Herter, and then you got the backup point guard situation with Brandon Goodwin and him being wheelchaired off. And so there's so many different pieces and different elements and layers to the onion uh, to peel off with this thing. And so many people are kind of pointing fingers. And you kind of tell me where you stand with this in terms of the injuries, because that's probably like the elephant in the room, if you will, where you have maybe some fan base, whatever, whatnot may say, hey, you know what, we take this loss. Oh, well, you know, we were injured. You know, we got we got injuries all over the place. But then on the opposite side of the spectrum, it's like you're coming away with wins and a lot of those players are still injured it's like and we got injuries now what you know that type (laughs) of deal where do you kind of stand in regards to what we're seeing from this team uh what kind of testament is it showing with with the wins that they're getting and not being completely healthy and maybe even what this team as scary as it may look like uh or scary as it may seem what this team might look like when and in the event that they are completely healthy yeah i think it's been impressive that they've been able to keep this record with all of their injuries. Now, this has been a weird season across the league. Like every I know, the schedule seems to be just unrelenting. Like there's just no breaks. And that's not that's not just the Hawks. Like that that's everybody is in, in the sure. league is having the same, same situation. But Atlanta has had more injuries than most. I would say top five or so in terms of most games lost and all those things that you would say. And you know, uh, knock on wood, the, the top guys your Trey Young's, your John Collins, your Clint Capella have been around for the most part. They've had some absences, but they've been around. Now, they still lost a bunch of guys to injury. Like DeAndre Hunter especially has been out for a long time now. And to your point, like there are certain nights where you can chalk up a loss to injuries. I think that's happened a few times this year where, especially that that first Philly game this week, by the way, on Wednesday, was a great example. Like you might have lost to Philly in Philly, but the roster that the Hawks had that night, they they were not going to be able to win that game. No Trey Young. They had so many absences. They're just there's just games on the schedule where you just kind of not that you're going. The players are not thinking this way, but as an outsider, you go in like they're not winning that game. It's just what it's going to be. But sure, it's a, yeah. there's a balance to strike there. Like they they've had they've been healthy enough, and it's, it's a credit to McMillan. It's a credit to the depth that they put together, the front office to be able to go out and win games when they've been shorthanded. Like they swept Miami and Milwaukee without Trey Young. Like that would have been unthinkable a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like the Hawks could not do anything without Trey <laughs> right, in previous right. years. And now they have enough depth, right. enough veterans to kind of go out and grind out a couple wins. It's a small sample size, but I can definitely see both sides. Like there are certainly 
some nights where you don't want to get too raucous about winning without without certain guys on the floor, but it's a testament to them. To your point, like mm-hmm. to be able to go out and have the record they have, they're going to go over their projections this year in terms of preseason, in terms of the national baseline projections, even with all the injuries, and that's really impressive. Like it comes mm-hmm. down to credit; the credit goes to a lot of different guys, from the stars to McMillan to the depth to all that. But you can't just gloss over it either. I think nationally, and this is what I heard for a lot of Hawks fans are bothered by not getting the respect for that because the Hawks. I've tried to point out all season long, like how injured they have been. And it's almost been underplayed. I think locally we all understand, but beyond Atlanta, like it's like, oh yeah, the Hawks have kind of been injured. It's like, no, they've been really injured like all year, like top five injured all season long. They've been really, really injured. Yeah. I mean, there there are games where they've had seven, eight guys out. And now it's looking like you're hoping in early May they're getting healthier. Like they had two guys out last night on Saturday and it felt like Christmas. It was like, oh, they have 15 guys. Like they, they only have two injuries tonight. And it was, it was really weird. And that's, I mean, hopefully that's going to continue, but it really is a credit to all of those guys. And just so that the people can know exactly where they're standing right now, the Atlanta Hawks 35 and 30 overall, uh, 53% winning percentage above, well above 500. I'm not sure how many people could feel that way. Not just saying that confidently at this of this. Okay, there we go. Had people calling in there like, when are you bringing on Brad Roland? I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. I got Brad Roland on right now. We're talking about Hawks, dude. Just chill. <laughs> Sit back and watch the show. Pop some popcorn. But uh, 53%, I'm not sure how many people can really realistically say that they really, really, really saw that. Maybe hoping and wishing and keeping your fingers and eyes and toes crossed and everything else. Um, but well above 500 um uh, on a one game winning streak obviously with the win over the chicago bulls five and five over the course of the last 10 first in the southeast division by a half of game uh fifth in the east currently and uh 12th in the nba uh let me ask you this one last question before we get into one of our funner segments if you will uh the atlanta hawks after replacing uh after replacing Lloyd Pierce with Nate McMillan, who's still in his interim position currently with the Hawks uh, since March 1st, one of the better records, if not the best in the East, one of the better records in the NBA as well. If you had to kind of point your finger or pinpoint just one of many or few or however many reasons that there may be as to why this team looks so different how much of it is because of the change of the head coach in your opinion and even more so what do you think the biggest difference has been with the change in the head coaching yeah i think a lot of credit has to go to mcmillan i mean that that goes without saying i feel like the it was sort of night and day from before to after and you know I have to be honest, like even as someone paying attention to this team, we're all kind of guessing as to how much it's changed, but it's definitely changed. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, there's no, there's no debate anymore. Like it was obviously the right decision. It worked out very well. McMillan's done a great job. He's a really highly respected guy too. This is a guy who has been an NBA head coach for two decades. Like Nate McMillan is one of the longest tenured. He's like top five and active wins for head coaches. Like this is a guy who's been around and seen everything. Wow. And I think the big thing is, um, even from the even from the outside, they're bought in. Like the veterans, the young guys, all the way up and down, they seem to be really invested and really kind of just like paying attention, bought into the, to the message, bought into the team stuff, and just kind of that can be overstated. But they're having fun too. Like some of that comes with winning. Like it's always one of those questions. Like which one comes first, winning or fun? 
like because you're going to have fun when you win. But I don't know. They're they're playing really well. McMillan's style is a little bit different too. Like they're playing slower, um, which isn't necessarily what you would have thought. Like this is a young team, and normally like they were running a lot and playing pretty good offense. But now they're kind of grinding it out more, playing a little bit slower. It's helped their defense. Capella's been really good. So you could say a number of things. Like their off ball movement on offense is one thing that's been pretty notably different with Bogdanovich and Gallinari. I don't know. There's there's a laundry list. But my biggest thing is that they're bought into McMillan. They seem to trust what he's doing, and that's manifesting, especially in the fourth quarter. Like, there's some noise. Like, they're the best team in the league in the fourth quarter, and I'm not sure that's going to re- be real, like, continuing long term. Like, they've been so hot that it's almost impossible to maintain how good they've been. But it does matter. Like, and they're they seem to be really confident in what they're doing, which really helps at the end of at the end of game. That seems like it's a really simple thing to say, but they're really secure in what they're running on both mm-hmm. ends of the floor, and that that helps. Like in this weird season. To come out, basically, just come out and win the games you're supposed to win. That's half the battle, man. I don't want to overstate it, but if you just beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you're in great shape. And that's basically what the Hawks have done this entire time. They've had a few upsets, a few good upsets too, but it's mostly just like going out being solid every night and consistent. That's huge. And McMillan's sort of like the embodiment of that. I can agree with that because at one point we were seeing them going up and down, up and down, transition offense. Everything was crazy. And, uh, you know, one, one thing that we can definitely say is, to what magnitude or what extent to severity and so forth. I'm not sure, but there's definitely been a difference in this team. Just the vibe is different. The energy, everything all across the board. Got my dude Brad rolling in here, joining us in the locker room now for episode 77. He's a Michigan man, Wolverine, but that's okay. We forgive him. Not everybody can be perfect. Podcast host of Locked on Hawks. Follow him on Twitter at BTR Roland. I'm sorry, at B-T-R-O-W-L-A-N-D. That is at B-T-R-O-W-L-A-N-D. Rolling BT rolling. Uh, what I want to do is I want to bring you in just for a couple more minutes here while we still have you. And I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce you to kind of one of our, uh, I like to call it one of our funner segments, somewhat kind of, if you will. And it's called quick release. So let me get this part out of the way first, because uh, it is, meanwhile, it is much like a rapid fire. Feel free to elaborate as much as you want to on any of your answers. Uh, of course, I want to make sure I mention that this is sponsored and powered by Exotics by Curtis Smith. Look good, feel good, play great, exoticsproducts.com. Make sure if you go on there, 110% all natural grooming products, good for women, good for men. You know, if there's uh, uh, any sort of, um, you know, just because, birthdays, graduations, Father's Day coming up, all that kind of stuff, make really, really good gifts, no chemicals added. Use that discount code during checkout, Tate's Take, as you can see it there at the bottom on the ticker, get your 15% off. And while we get ready to bring Brad Rowland in here, we just want to throw around a couple of little fun little questions for Brad, which we do appreciate him joining us. Um... Here's a good one here. What area of emphasis do you believe uh, that the Hawks should that should probably be more of their primary focus as they get ready to prepare for the playoffs? I think there's a lot of answers. I think that I would go with like lineup consistency. That's something that McMillan's preached a lot too, but like figuring out which groups work together. Um, you know, the Hawks are not in a position where they can tinker too much on the stretch. They have to win. They can't just play around too much here, but McMillan's talked about this a lot. They've had because of the injuries, going back to what we talked about before, they haven't had a, whole, a lot of cohesion with certain groups playing together, and they have to figure out what combinations they want to use in the playoffs. Like now, they have some more health. 
figuring out who pairs well with what, how short the rotation is going to be, uh, how many guys are going to play, like mm-hmm. how much how much they're going to play. Those are all questions that they can kind of not fully answer, but try to answer in the next couple of days. Sure. Sure. Let's go over to this one here. I want to find something kind of uh, something fun. Ah, here's a good one. John Collins, as it relates to his future as a Hawk next season, what do you think needs to happen? Is this more in the control somewhat of uh, of John Collins where he goes out there and he goes crazy during the playoffs and without him it's hard to imagine that they could even win a playoff game maybe and they go off and win a second playoff game or series rather. What are the chances, I guess, how about, give me a percentage. I'm asking a ton of questions here. <laughs> give me a percentage on what you believe is that John Collins would return as an Atlanta Hawk for next season. Obviously, I'm guessing, but uh, I think I'll go with 75%. I think it's pretty high. Only, Not only, but in part because they didn't trade him. You know what I mean? Once a guy is a restricted free agent, if he gets through the deadline on the team, the Hawks could have traded John. They obviously had offers for him. He's a talented guy. Um, and because they didn't trade him, I feel like between that and the match rights they have now in free agency and the success they've had, I feel like the most logical scenario is to bring him back, whether it's matching an offer sheet or just paying him out of your own. Um, they could still do a sign and trade or something like that, but they don't want to lose the asset either. I mean, even if, you, even if the Hawks weren't in love with John, like at this point, you're better off having him back than not than losing him for nothing, which is where the Hawks would be. Sure. Um, you know, even even if you're someone who's not the biggest Collins fan, I like Collins a lot. I think he's really good. But even if you didn't think that, they can't really replace him. I mean, if, if you look at the salary, without going all the way into the salary cap stuff, they have a hard time replacing him if he leaves for nothing. So I think with all of that as sort of the formula, it's more likely that he stays than leaves. So I'll say 75. I'm hoping it's even higher than that. Honestly, I think he sh- I think he's a good long-term piece of this team, but money 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 tells all. It's, it's still professional sports. You have to you have to you have to pay the guy. If somebody go- somebody goes crazy with an offer sheet and they don't want to match it, then maybe he walks away, but I think he'll be around. That's the part that a lot of people don't really quite understand about this stuff. I'm like, there's a reason why you're not a GM of a team because some people are like, just bring them back or just do this and just do this is a business. This is an NBA 2K, all right? Uh, um, let's go with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, let's go with this one. Let's talk about some of your personal expectations for this team entering the season versus where they currently are. Did in 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 the in the eyes or in the behind the lens of Brad Rowland, did you see them being in this position, fringe fourth, fifth, maybe sixth, being sh- extremely comfortable into the playoffs when we were entering uh, when we were entering this year? I thought this was possible, but I picked them seventh. And I actually thought I was actually a little, I was actually a little bit too. higher than most people were. I, I mean, if you look at the Nat, especially Nashville, go yeah, outside Atlanta, <laughs> most people were like somewhere in that eight, nine range with the Hawks. I, I had them ahead yeah. of Indiana. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see this coming as a projection. I thought, you know, maybe if everything went well, they could be in the four or five, something like that. If that's a really high end outcome, which is where they are sitting right now. But they've been better than I thought. Not like leaps and bounds better, but better, especially after the slow start. If you told sure. me that they were going to be, you know, whatever they were, 10 and 15, and then they were 14 and 20, to go from there to where they are now, that's almost the more surprising part. Like midseason, you know, they were struggling. It was explainable. The schedule was tough, all that stuff. But given where they are now, 35 and 30, with all the injuries, 
there's no way I would have said that. If I knew the injury reports all season long, there's no way I would have said 35 and 30. So mm-hmm. that, that's a credit to them. Uh, and I, th- I think I was pretty optimistic, but they've even blown, blown past that. So credit to the Hawks. But uh, I felt like we were kind of high. And even then, they've been better. Yeah, that injury part is very, very critical. I'm not sure I would have seen this happening uh, even without the injuries. And then let alone with the injuries tells you exactly how scary uh, that this ball club can really be in the event that they just get the majority of their pieces uh, back healthy once again. Um, uh, the biggest benefit, in your opinion, even though it's been a very small sample size and replacing uh, during the trade uh, Rajon Rondo, what do you think has been really the biggest benefit for this team since adding Lou Williams? I think he brings them offensive upside they didn't have, especially when Trey was off the court. Um, we've seen that a few times now in fourth quarters where Lou's kind of gone crazy for like six minutes at a time. And the Hawks just didn't have that guy before. I mean, they they have starters yeah. like they have starters like that. I mean, they have Bogdanovich and Gallinari can go that way. But in the backcourt, when Trey left the court, and you know this, but the last two plus seasons before they got him, basically, they really struggled whenever Trey left the court. And Lou is almost overqualified now for the role he's in. He's basically Seriously. just a backup point guard, and <laughs> yeah. he's really good at that. I mean, if that if that's the guy you have in that role, you're in great shape. So. He's again, he's almost too good for it, but him just ha- having someone to, cr- to create your offense, to run your offense when Trey leaves the court is just huge. And you've already, and you've already pretty much seen that with a couple of times where he's almost won games by himself already. Seriously, I, I, I know, right? I can think of at least two where he went just absolutely nuts in the fourth quarter. And that's part of the benefit of having Williams. Let's go with this one here uh, because this is what's coming up next. And we're going to talk about how extremely it is important to uh, make sure that you're adding a number to the left side of the result column for this team. Just a couple more questions and we'll get you out of here. I promise up next on Monday, uh, which is tomorrow uh, versus the Portland trail blazers. Follow that by uh, what 40 less than 48 hours later, you got a, a red hot as it seems uh, Phoenix suns team out of the West coast. That's going to be coming into state farm arena and then going on the road to take on the Indiana Pacers in the second game on a back-to-back. Talk about the importance of them finishing strong. That's kind of been some of the uh, 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 very important or often used words uh, as of late for this team. Uh, The focus that they need to be able to finish strong at home and uh, just finishing strong in general. Give me your take. Yeah, I mean, having the home schedule is very helpful. You know, six of the last seven at home here is an advantage. You know, Wednesday's game in particular, Phoenix is playing great this year. That's a little bit of a scary matchup, even in your home building. But outside of that, the Hawks might even be the better team in the rest of these games. Plus, they're at home. So the schedule is pretty favorable. It's not a complete cupcake, but and you can't take anything for granted in the NBA. But if you were designing a schedule to finish strong, this would be a pretty decent one to do that with. And it has some rest advantages, too. No, only one more trip on the whole season, which is really nice. After all this crazy travel, they have three days off at the end of this week, which hasn't happened all season long. I looked this up. They have Friday, Saturday, <laughs> right. Sunday off. That's the first time all year, except for the All-Star break, that they've had three days off. So that's a little win, a little bit of a wow. win as well. So they, they got to win. I mean, I figure they're probably safe if they go four and three, realistically. But you want to go like five and two in these last seven. If they go five and two, they're not going to be the play-in comfortably and you might even be in that four or five matchup the the real goal was to be in the four or five obviously um but the secondary goal was to avoid the play-in and i think if they just take care of business like even just play like b minus basketball for the next two weeks they'll avoid the sure. play-in um and that's kind of i mean that's not all you can ask for but 
not to get too greedy, that really is the number one sure. realistic goal. And then beyond that, you want to be the four seed and have home court. That'd be awesome too. But I think it sets up pretty well for them. Honestly, if I told you that they finished this schedule six and one, would you be surprised? I wouldn't be. No, no, no. They've just been playing that well and obviously getting guys slowly coming back uh, uh, into uh, into their own and health and still trying to put some of that chemistry together because I'm not sure we've seen all these guys play collectively together as a team and, and mesh uh, as well as we know that they can. Uh, so, and also that's a good call by you on those uh, three games, not having three game three days off. Uh, that's definitely a good call on your end. So credit to you for that. Just two last questions for you here. The first one being, give me a letter grade, if you will, for this team, considering the injuries or not considering the injuries or whatever, what have you, give me Brad Rowland's letter grade for this team this season. I'm, I'm I'm almost tempted to say A, honestly, especially when you factor in the injuries. I, I just don't think that you could have projected them to be much better than this when you when you consider who they haven't had. If you wanted to be, I, I know there were some really optimistic Hawks fans that were picking them to you know be the two seed or whatever before the season started, but real you know realistically with all of their absences to be in this position right now, could it change? If they finish the season one and six here, my my grade has to kind of change. You know what I mean? Sure. But in this moment, I, I mean, I, I think it's got to be at least an A minus, maybe an A, something like that. Like you can't ask for much more than this, I think. No, you can't. I'm not mad at that at all. And for the last one, before we get you up out of here now, I ended up finding out this this information way later. And I can't remember exactly how I did. I think we were at a maybe not a presser, but I think one of the shoot arounds or practices together and you were wearing one of the shirts. So I said, you know what? I want to make sure that I wear my <laughs> shirt. Okay, this, this, this yeah. we know that this is how I get down. I roll with the green, uh, but I want you to be able to give a little bit of the backstory of how you even became a fan uh, of the Michigan Wolverines. God bless your heart. And uh, just your current state of that program. I'm not sure if you're more of a football guy than a basketball guy or whatever it is, but even if you keep up with both, uh, just your overall thoughts on, on, on both programs uh, that you keep up with or whatever, what have you. Yeah, it's ironic that I'm wearing a green shirt. I didn't, I didn't, th I didn't think about that until right now when you said it. But I'm, yeah. I'm wearing a green hey, shirt. Hey, listen, I'm recruit. Hey, listen, Brad, I'm recruiting even when you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, long story short, I, I was kind of born into Michigan fan. My my dad, my dad went to Michigan, um, so I was I was born into it. I was baby pictures wearing Michigan stuff. I actually grew up from the time that I was. I would say alive enough to know what was going on. I lived in Atlanta. So I'm, I'm, I'm from Atlanta really, but I grew, I mean, I was literally in Michigan baby clothes and had no choice basically. So one of those things where you just, that's <laughs> it's college sports. It gets handed down. It's just what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I would say that I'm more of a basketball guy because that was the sport that I've always been number one. That's is what I played. I'm just, I'm no more about it, but football, I'm also a big football fan, football program less exciting right now for being honest. Uh, the basketball program's in great hands though. Jawan Howard is my guy that is working out very well. Um, I was, uh, you know, not skeptical, but like, you know, you never know until a guy coaches how it's going to go. He had a great rep in the NBA as a assistant for the heat, but it's like, you could, you know, it's going really well. So, um, there's a joke right now about Michigan being a basketball school now that, now that they're good at basketball, not, not, not at football right now. But, uh, you know, I, I, I would say I feel great, great about basketball and only like mediocre about football right now, which is, which is kind of the inverse of what it usually is in Michigan. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's funny you say that. I thought you were, it kind of sounds much like how my brain thinks based on kind of what you were saying is Juwan Howard coming in. We knew what type of recruiter more than likely he would be. Not really so sure what type of coach, X's and O's, clipboard type of guy that he would be. Now those questions are answered. Number one recruiting class in the country coming in next year. And we're not going to turn this into a Michigan Wolverine <laughs> podcast by any stretch of the imagination. But what we do have to do is give credit to where it's deserved and what he's done with this program, uh, I think is just phenomenal and is really not even scratched the surface just yet. I think that's going to do it for our quick release program. Brad Rowland just joining us. Sponsored by Exotics by Curtis Smith. Look good, feel good, play great. Exoticsproducts.com, all 110% natural. No chemicals added. Remember, uh, during when you go to the uh, uh, get ready to check out online, use that discount code takes take for 15% off. And uh, get you a couple dollars off some of those products and so forth. And I think that uh, you'll be in good hands and that that will do you well. Again, Brad Rowland, podcast host of Locked on Hawks. Make sure that you go and let the people know where they can go to subscribe. Is this anywhere you can find your favorite podcast? Fill us in a little bit. Yeah, anywhere you can find podcasts. I usually record like five times a week. It's pretty busy. After every game, we talk about the games, talk about have guests on every once in a while, just Whatever, whatever I can come up with on the Atlanta Hawks. So that, that, that's easy to find, and uh, I will tweet it out as well, at BT Roland. Easiest place to find me. Make sure y'all go and do that. Brad, listen, thank you so much, man. I love what you're doing, and you're just bouncing around all over the place, doing phenomenal work. I know I don't say it a ton. I'll be the first to admit that, but I'm always thinking it, man. Continue to do the great work and do things. Blessings, prosperity, and uh, safety out here, man. No, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate the invite. This is a lot of fun, and I uh, appreciate your work as well. You're always on the grind as well, which I uh, I have a certain fondness for someone who grinds like you do. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Looking forward to maybe getting Brad on uh, on the next one at some point, hopefully sooner than later. That's Brad Rowland. Thank you for, for, for joining us. Uh, and for everybody, all of you that are out there uh, joining us as well, uh, remember to tell a friend, go and subscribe, go and subscribe, do your part, go and subscribe anywhere that you find your favorite podcast is called Tate's Take. Don't just save it for the local barbershop. Don't just save it for the local sports bar. We give you a voice and a platform to kind of talk about some of these things. And that's our Hawk Talk segment uh, a little bit, if you will, talking a little bit about the Atlanta Hawks. We've got some more stuff as we get ready, ramped up for playoffs. Uh, Kate Constable is going to be joining us sometime probably within the next week or two. It's kind of like a Kate's take uh, meets Tate's take type of deal. We should have quite a bit of fun with that. I think we're going to get Rashad Phillips on here uh, relatively soon as well as we get closer to the playoffs, maybe try to tap in with my dude Rob Parker and a few other people to try and get them on uh, to come in here and talk about a little bit of NBA playoffs and just around the league type stuff all across the board. So remember to go and tell a friend and tell a friend to uh, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your baby mama where they can find the best, the most entertaining, the most informational and the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast that's no other place other than Tate's Take. And when you go and subscribe, feel free. I know it sounds like a lot of instructions and directions and everything else. promise you it takes literally just seconds. When you do that, you're helping make a young man's dreams, goals, and aspirations uh, come true. Um, so leave us, a, uh, leave us a review. Uh, feel free to leave a, a, a couple uh, uh, comments. That's always welcomed and, and, and encouraged, obviously, or leave up to a five-star rating if you want to. 
uh, as well. And um, remember to go and follow along on all social media platforms at Take Take Hoops. That's T A T E S T A K E H O O P S. Hashtag where basketball lives. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.